I do uh, you call them? I, I do a speech for most of the patriotic holidays, including Flag Day. I do four a year, Memorial Day, Flag Day, Independence Day, and Veterans Day. And I do these, and I post them out on social media. And I posted the Flag Day one this year, and one of the comments on one of the social media accounts was somebody said, you know, there's an old person asked me if the mail ran on Flag Day, and I hadn't heard Flag Day since I was a kid in the 1980s. And my response to that was, that's, that's unfortunate. So I want to talk a little bit about how I think that's part of the problem in our country. But first, speech is only like seven or eight minutes long, so why don't we just play that? Flag Day 2023 is a milestone. Exactly 100 years ago, on June 14th, 1923, 69 civic organizations gathered at Memorial Continental Hall in Washington, D.C. The gathering had an important purpose, one that still resonates today. At 9.30 a.m., Colonel Garland W. Powell, National Director for Americanism for the American Legion, called the conference to order. After a benediction from a bishop, Powell introduced the first guest speaker, Warren G. Harding, President of the United States. Harding spelled out the purpose of the meeting, quote, I hope you succeed in formulating a code that will be welcomed by all Americans and that every patriotic and educational society in the Republic will commit itself to endorsement and observance and purpose of the code that you adopt here today, end quote. The National Flag Conference of 1923 accomplished Harding's goal. In two days, the Assembly drafted 15 rules for the proper use and care of the U.S. flag. Two states made the flag code instruction required curriculum in public schools. Congress would later adopt the code into public law. While it remains federal law, violations carry no civic or criminal penalties. Punishment and shame were never the purpose of the U.S. flag code. It is about education. Those who are most likely to fly the American flag genuinely wish to do so in a respectful and dignified manner. Through its guidelines, the code brings consistency and nobility to the majestic display of our nation's most valuable symbol. Flag Day itself has roots dating back to the founding of the Republic. It was the Second Continental Congress that passed a resolution on June 14, 1777, which stated, quote, that the flag of the 13 United States be 13 stripes, alternate red and white, that the Union be 13 white five-pointed stars, in a blue field representing a new constellation, end quote. The date chosen for the original flag resolution was especially significant given that the new nation was celebrating the second birthday of America's Continental Army. The U.S. flag would become and remain a symbol of service and pride for millions of veterans. Sergeant William Carney was one of the many veterans who would bleed for the flag. A member of the 54th Massachusetts Colored Infantry, Carney fought valiantly at Fort Wagner, South Carolina, during the Civil War. When the color sergeant went down, 
Sergeant Carney grabbed the flag, led the way to the parapet, and planted it. When the troops fell back, he again carried the flag through the fierce fire and was wounded four times. Sergeant Carney became the first black recipient of the Medal of Honor, and it was awarded for his defense of the flag. Even though America was not perfect for black people like Sergeant Carney, the flag represented the perfect union that those who fought for it hoped it would become. Legendary labor leader Samuel Gompers shared his view of the flag during the 1923 conference. To us, he said, and I quote, the American flag means more than even its colors portray. It means the leadership of the democratic and humane struggle that has been carried on through all the ages. It is a struggle that continues to this day, and it is for this reason that we must continue to wave the flag at every opportunity, unquote. There is no single answer as to what the American flag means. During the century since the flag conference, well-meaning patriots have adopted respectful traditions that appear to run contrary to the flag code. It is for that reason that the American Legion urges Congress to pass modifications to the code, which would include additional days to encourage the flying of Old Glory, permitting flag patches to be worn on military and first responder uniforms, and being able to carry the flag horizontally for patriotic effect. Respect for the flag should not be limited to Flag Day or Americanism Month. We salute the flag out of our affection and pride, not because we fear a tyrannical boot if we don't. Flag Day is not just about reflecting on its the past. It's also about looking to the future. It is a time to recommit ourselves to the ideas and principles that our flag represents. It is a reminder that we must always strive to be a nation that embraces unity, justice, and freedom. The flag brought us inspiration during the aftermath of 9-11 attacks, much like it did during World War II when the Marines famously raised it under withering battle on Iwo Jima. The medal representations at the Olympics are another venue in which our nation's flag often plays a starring role. The 1968 Olympics in Mexico City were no exception. Protests and political unrest in the United States made the flag an unpopular symbol for many Americans. Desecration was common, and patriotic displays seemed despised. One Olympian would have none of it. He was a 19-year-old boxer from Houston, Texas, who won the gold medal by knocking out his Soviet opponent. George Foreman, a future two-time heavyweight champion and grill entrepreneur, grasped a small American flag and waved it in the center of the ring after his victory. The only regret is that I didn't have two flags to wave, Foreman told American Legion magazine in 2013. I mean, because the country hasn't only been great for me, 
but I have grandkids now, and I want to show them how great it is, unquote. Millions of viewers worldwide needed no convincing. They had seen the flag many times before as they were liberated from fascists, tyrannical, and communist regimes. For them, the flag wasn't just a symbol of the United States. It was, and remains today, a symbol of freedom. Thank you. God bless America. God bless the flag of the United States. Long may she wave. So that was my Flag Day speech this year. Flag Day being yesterday, June 14th. Today, Thursday, June 15th. I want to pose the question to you, our audience. So nobody's heard of Flag Day anymore. Nobody seems to celebrate Flag Day anymore. We don't celebrate patriotism at all. Is that a big part of our problem? Or how much of the problems of the United States is because we don't? teach patriotism to the young we don't celebrate patriotism the way that we used to and if there's no pride in country then you know what's the what's the difference what's the matter how much of the problems that we have in the world today in our world are because of that change to the education system so live call in show i do want to hear from you i want to know what you think about that 512-248- 8252. If you want the toll-free line, it's 800-313-9443. So like I said when I started, I posted that speech on all of my social media accounts, and somebody said that they hadn't even heard the phrase Flag Day since they were a kid in the 1980s. So you're looking, going back like 40 or more years since that person had heard of Flag Day. Like I spelled out in the speech there, June 14, 1775, Continental Congress established the Continental Army. Two years later to the day, June 14, 1777, the Continental Congress basically defined our flag, designed our flag as it exists today. 13 red and white stripes, blue field, five-pointed stars. Then June June 14th, Um, 1923, when the flag code was created by 69 different civic organizations that had gotten together to do just that. How many people even realize that the flag code actually is law? That it was honestly passed into law. And there are rules for the proper care and display of the United States flag. Before we get into some of the problems with that, let me remind you that the wellness company is where you need to go to find medical professionals, doctors and pharmacists and a pharmacy that uh, can get you care, get you treatment, and avoid the woke cancel mob. That's the wellness company, twc.health. Use the code LIGHTHOUSE. I'll save you some money. You can buy a membership. You can get great American-made supplements. You can talk to doctors and pharmacists. All at twc.health and use code LIGHTHOUSE when you're there. Later tonight, at the bottom of this first hour, so in about 15 minutes or so, we've got Colonel Mike Ford from American Free News Network is going to join us. He wants to talk about, well, felonies versus not felonies that are in the news today. 
And then at the top of the second hour, so 7 o'clock Eastern time, we're going to have uh, Corey Haig from Liberty Uncensored Newspaper going to be joining the show. And I didn't hear back from him as to which of the articles in his newspaper he wants to talk about, but I'm sure he'll have something fabulous. Corey's a very energetic and interesting guy. I had a lot of fun last time we talked to him, and I'm glad that he decided that he was going to come join us once a month so that we can uh, keep going. So we're back to the discussion. Talking about Flag Day, the flag code, and uh, how much of a... How much... Uh, how many of our social problems are because we don't celebrate things like Flag Day anymore? Love to hear your thoughts. 512-248-8252. So there's a lot of talk in the last day or two about the transgendered person at the White House that, you know, I don't know, bared their man boobs on White House grounds. And everybody's saying that that's, you know, just completely unacceptable. You can't do that at the White House. I was more bothered by the display of flags. Anybody else notice it? So they had the gay and transgender pride flag, which isn't even just a rainbow anymore. Now it's like a rainbow flag with a big black and brown and whatever triangle in the middle of it. And it's just, wow. Every time you turn around, they're, they're adding more stuff to the flag, just like they're adding more letters to their acronym. But anyway, the display on Pride Presentation Day at the, at the White House had two American flags and this gay pride transgender flag. The gay pride transgender flag was in the middle. And all three flags were at the same height. Now, according to U.S. flag code, which we just discussed, is U.S. law. You'd think the White House would know that. The U.S. flag should always be in the position of prominence and dominance over all of the other flags. Now, when displayed amongst other nations' flags, international flags, they're all displayed at the same height. But when they're state flags or municipal flags or other organization flags, the U.S. flag's supposed to be higher. So here we go. We've got three flags hanging off the front of the White House, two U.S. American flags, and one transgender flag lgbtqia mouse flag that's in the middle all at the same height so they're like the white house isn't even following the u.s flag code anymore they don't do it how do we expect it to be taught to our kids and over in our chat room in the video chat room if you want to watch i don't know why i would want to watch but if you want to watch you can find this show on uh RBN's YouTube page or on my Rumble, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Oh, no, I don't have a YouTube. Anyway, all different places. I got uh, the Kentucky Leprechaun says, Good evening, brother. And uh, Sarah Nichols, who I believe is on the phone, wants to uh, remind everybody to share out links to the show because that's the only way we get around the algorithms. We on the right side of the political aisle, we, we need your help. If we ever want to get anywhere, ever want to grow, if you ever want to hear our voice again, we need your help to share out links. Tell everybody what you're listening to. So let's go to the phone. we got Sarah in Oregon on line one. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Hi. The flag code, the flag code isn't being followed by the Biden White House because they don't know it. Because they're 
because they're not right in the head. <laughs> well, it, it, they don't know that. They don't know the Constitution. They don't seem to know anything about what makes our America or makes our country the great republic that it is. Yeah, and that's why, and that's why we don't teach our kids about Flag Day. That's my extent. And bye. Bye, Sarah. Thank you for the call. Leprechaun says, uh, in other words, the flag promoting mental disease in referred to the LGBTQIAA LMNOP flag. It's the flag promoting mental disease. Yeah, that's 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 how I see it anyway. So I believe that a huge portion of our problems are because we don't teach things like the flag code. We don't teach things in our schools about why we are the great republic that we are. Patriotism is gone. There is no more patriotism in in public schools. And uh, a simple way to bring some of that back would be to teach the flag code again. It's a start. It's a simple start. I mean, there's 15 rules. It's not monstrous. It'd be a lot easier than, than teaching some of the stuff that they do try to teach. Well, Colonel Ford is our, is 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 uh, jumped on the show already again early. It's them military people always, you know. If you're if you're on time, you're late. So uh, let's welcome Colonel Mike Ford to the show. It is time for managing editor of America Free News Network, retired Colonel Mike Ford. Colonel, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. If I was any better, I'd be twins. And that, that would be a bad thing for the world, let me tell you. Yeah, I don't want to look at you. No, well, Definitely most don't people don't. You. <laughs> Even Her Majesty doesn't like looking at me all that much. So you know <laughs> how that works. So you, you heard at least a little bit of the opening segment there. What do you think about all of the, the flag day and, and the lack of teaching anything to do with the flag code? Or Well, you know, you have to set priorities. And in a truly just society... I think it's appropriate that we only give one day to the, the men who and women who've given their lives to this great country and celebrate disordered and deviant behavior for an entire month. I think that's the right thing to do. That's what it sounds like. Sarcasm off. <laughs> well, over in the chat room, we got the comment here that creepy, sleepy, kiss him, feel him, sniff him, Uncle Joe, Pedo, or Uncle China Joe, Uncle China Pedo Joe. <laughs> Let me try that again, just because it's funny. Creepy, sleepy, kiss him, feel him, sniff him, Uncle China, Pedo Joe, doesn't care about our flag or our country. He just want to, just want the kickbacks. I would say that's a correct assessment, and that's a that's a that's a terrible thing that that I am willing to articulate that about a serving commander in chief. It just right. it's it's terrible. I don't I, know how else to put it. Until Joe Biden, I really, really tried my best to abide by the rule of don't speak ill of a sitting president. I'll I'll speak ill of policy, right? But not not the person. And um, the the current resident in the White House there has has really pushed me on that, and and I I have a really hard time trying to to hold to that that rule. Although there is plenty of policy to criticize too. Well, there is. That's a lot of low-hanging fruit there, pal, let me tell you. <laughs> All right, so you want to talk. You sent me an article that you want you want to talk about tonight, but let's not get into that until we actually get to, you know, your 
the segment when you're supposed to be here. Oh, when in, I'm legally here? Okay. Yeah, in, in like another 15 minutes or something like that. Okay, um, so I'm an illegal guest host right now, right? An illegal guest host. Uninvited. No. Uninvited. Mm-hmm. Illegal guest host. What, All right. You know, what? that's what I expect from you military people, you know. Uh, early is on time. On time is late. So I, I expect you to be here early. It's a good thing I don't have too many guests, otherwise I'd be, you know, confused with people popping in all the time like that. I try to keep it to two or fewer a month, uh, a, a night. Yeah. And here we go with the internet problems again. There's a big surprise. Well, I, uh, I have a spare hammer if you need to adjust your computer. Yeah, I, I need to do something with it, let me tell you. Hey, I might lose my camera, but, you know, whatever. It's got to be done sometimes. Well, that's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> did I did I say that? <laughs> yeah, that's a bonus when it comes to me, right? Yeah. So, I've I've been having these horrible problems with with uh, doing the live video broadcast, and for the longest time, I thought it was my internet connection. Nope, it's not that. Started to think it was maybe my computer. Like I doubled the amount of memory in my computer. Nope, it's not that. It's a freaking Windows camera frame service crap that's running in the background. And at some point, it just eats up all of my CPU and memory, and, and, and my computer basically crashes. So now I've at least learned that I can go into the task manager and kill it, and then it'll restart, and it's, a, it's better afterwards. So I, instead of having, like, you know, two-hour show full of Internet problems, I, I can keep it to just a few seconds. But we've come to the break. Three-minute commercial break. We turn on the other side with retired Colonel Mike Ford. Managing Editor of American Free News Network. Peace. Well, you were sleeping. They came and took it away. I've been sleeping on a MyPillow pillow for years. And a couple of years ago, I tried the MyPillow towels, soft and absorbent, wonderful bath towels. Recently, I got the My Giza Dream Sheets, and they are by far the best quality bed sheets I've ever owned. And while the quilt is pretty awesome, too, new products being added all the time at MyPillow.com, including sandals and slides and pajamas and, well, everything that you need for sleeping. Use the code LIGHTHOUSE at MyPillow.com to save yourself up to 66% off. That's the code LIGHTHOUSE at MyPillow.com. You're tuned in to the National Intel Report, the real talk radio show. Yes, you are. You've turned into the National Intel Report. I'm Peter Serafin, your Thursday host. And uh, with me tonight is retired Colonel Mike Ford, managing editor of American Free News Network. And you brought with you an article that you wanted to share over at AFNN.us. The headline of this article is Hillary's emails, felonies, Trump documents, not even close. I think most people would agree with you, but let's talk about some of the nitty gritty of why you say that is what it is. First of all, let me go ahead and deal with the Trump half of it to begin with. And this is not a cop out. It's just it's it's easier to work it this way. Trump's actions, as far as I can see so far, are a lawful exercise of executive power. He had the power of POTUS to wake up one morning, stick his finger in his ear and say, that's declassified. Okay, 
That's called plenipotentiary power. He has it. There's no argument against that. Everything that went on down in Mar-a-Lago, just because stuff had classified markings on it does not mean the documents were classified. Okay? But I'll leave that to the lawyers and everybody else to sort out. I want to go back to... Let's let's pause pause there for a second. Roger. Um, I believe it was Gerald Ford had had a documents-related case that went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court decided that basically as president, just by the act of removing the document from the White House, declassified. There is no, there is no set process. And I'm going to get into why that is when, when I start talking about Hillary here. Okay. All right. So, and, and that's a good, that's a, actually a perfect transition. There is a set process. It just doesn't apply to the president. And, right. here's, what, and here's why. The whole purpose of the classification system and the processes for classifying, declassifying, handling, storage, use, communication, all of that stuff is to serve the president, okay? He is the one that's the final arbiter, okay? So all the processes, they don't apply to him. They apply to the people that work for him. And let me, let me back up and give you a better example of this. You remember when there was a, uh, a fat lieutenant colonel that was, was testifying at the, uh, the impeachment hearings and this young Lieutenant Colonel Vinman, and he said President Trump was speaking out of policy. Okay? Mm-hmm. Well, that's not the way it works, young man, and that's why you didn't make full colonel. Okay? The president cannot speak out of policy because when he speaks, it is policy. If for Forever and ever, we've been talking about that the U.S. position is on Thursdays we turn the lights on at 6 o'clock, and one day the president says... Our policy is to turn the lights on at 7. That becomes the policy, period. This is the same thing with this classification stuff. The president can say it's declassified. That's it. He, he, if he has a standing policy saying everything I drag over there to Mar-a-Lago to read becomes unclassified, then it's unclassified, period. Right. There is no, there is no policy for the president. I, I do want to point out uh, Mr. Mike Hawks huge. In, uh, in in the chat room here that says if Biden did all of this, hell would break loose and and tells us to stay stupid. Um, Biden did all of this and worse. Biden took documents when he was a senator and, and the, the act of, re- of removing a document, a classified document from the SCIF, the, the secured information room, as a senator is is punishable by prison time even if you walk out into the hallway with it. He had boxes of them in three That's or correct. four different locations. So don't do the what what if it what aboutism there, Mr. Mike, unless uh, you're really willing to say, you know, get into it because you know, if Biden did, Biden did that and more and did it before he was president. And that's and that's the huge difference. He did it as an underling and he and the way this is supposed to work is these people are exercising power on behalf of the president. Okay, so they have to follow the procedures. He doesn't have. That's the way it works. Sorry. What makes it even worse is that in the case of Hillary Clinton, especially one of the things that you you heard the uh, Christopher Ray say, well, we couldn't prove intent and no prosecutor would prosecute her. I'm sorry if you gave me one tenth of Mueller's resources. I could have her in jail on at least three felonies easily. And I'm not even a lawyer. Right. And, and, and the reason is, is because the things that she did proved intent. And let me give you a little inside baseball stuff. 
when it comes to storage of class storage of information, you have generally three systems. There's some other stuff out there. I don't want to get into that because I don't want the FBI knocking at my door. But basically, you have an unclassified system. In the Army, they call it the Nippernet. Okay, in the State Department, they have their own little little homegrown system. That's for all the unclassified and maybe official use stuff. And then they have for confidential and secret, they have what they call the Sippernet. And then for top secret and above, they have what they call JWEX. Okay, and that and the problem and the deal there is to keep what they call spillage from happening. None of those systems can connect. Right. It is it is physically impossible to send an email from JWIX to a Sippernet system. Or from a SIPRNET system to an unclassified system. The system won't let you do it. So that means the only way that some of the stuff that got on Hillary's com- computer or her server, the only way that that was able to happen was through a deliberate series of felonious actions that somebody took. And it was most likely somebody printed something off of a JWIX, if it, w- if it was imagery, and there was imagery. They printed some imagery off of JWIX scrubbed off the classification markings, stuck it in her pocket or whatever, went over to a non-secure scanner or fax machine and sent it out that way. Hmm. That's how that they call that the sneaker net is what they do. Okay. Okay. Because basically you're walking it somewhere. The other way they could do that, for example, if, if she was in a meeting and was taking notes, now she could take those notes and she can walk out the door with those notes, which she's not supposed to do unless they're in a unless they're in a courier bag. But, the, but if she turns around and types what she saw there at that meeting and types that into an unclass system, that's a felony. Right. Now, one of the biggest pro- now that's all by inference. One of the things we have is actual proof of of what she did. And um, I got to give a caveat here to everybody watching this. The last time I touched any of this stuff was 2012. Okay, and that and that date is important. Okay. Back in 2011, Hillary Clinton was working some deal at sex date. She was working some deal and she needed to get some information that was from back, back in the States over to wherever she was working. And she got a hold of one of her aides, a guy named Jake Sullivan. And, and she told him, fax me the stuff. And they were having difficulty getting it to her because the secure fax machine was broke. Imagine that. So what she told him to do was to strip the classified headers off of it and send non-secure. Right. Her words. Here's her, her, here are her words. If they can't, when, when, when the guy's saying we're trying to get it fixed, if they can't, and this is in her own emails, if they can't turn into non-paper with no identifying heading and send non-secure. Wow. Okay. Okay, so that's what you call prima facie evidence of intent. Right. That's, that's, okay. if, if, I mean, she's telling somebody to commit a crime. Exactly. Okay, hold on for a second. I got, uh, there's a question from a listener that can, or a viewer over in the Twitch chat room um, that I want you to ponder on for a second while we take a phone call. The question is so should both Hillary and Trump be convicted or should they both be forgiven? So ponder on that while we go to, oh, never mind. The, the caller is gone. Apparently, we well, lost him. Well, there's no pon- pondering about it. Uh, Trump had every every power. Okay, government doesn't have rights. Government has power right. or exercises power. Trump, as POTUS, had every power to move that stuff to Mar-a-Lago under the Presidential Records Act, which, by the way, has civil sanctions, no criminal sanctions. Right. Okay. 
All right. So he had every power to do that. So he was committing no crime. Hillary Clinton, on the other hand, and Joe Biden were committing crimes. Hillary's is very easy to prove there because I've got the evidence of intent there. You can't you can't make any any excuse. Well, it was an accident. You know, it was it was the move and things got caught up in storage and all that other stuff. Okay, in Hillary's case right there in this in these two instances that I that I spoke of one. okay, imagery off of the JWIC system or or two stripping the headers off there. Those are all all uh, evidence of intent. Somebody had to actually take positive actions to move it from a classified storage device to an unclassed device. There's no other way it can happen. (laughs) So that makes it a crime. And what Trump did was, like I said, he was exercising lawful power. So comparing those two, not only is it not whataboutism, the only comparison there is look look at how perverted the justice system is. A guy not committing a crime is being prosecuted, and the one who actually committed a crime, the head of the FBI stands up and says, well, no prosecutor would really prosecute that. Well, I'm telling you, like I said, if I had one-tenth of Mueller's resources, I could have her have her fat fundament in jail. Right. Again, going back to, I think, again, I'm not 100% sure, but I think it was Gerald Ford went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court decided that you know the, the president taking possession of the document basically changed it from a a uh, official document to a personal document and by him taking it out of the white house That's that correct. the act of taking it out of the white house declassified it so if it was good for gerald ford then it should be good for trump so now that gets rid of the, all of the you know classified document espionage blah 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 nonsense Unless they, unless they, somewhere there's proof that he was trying to sell them or something. Now, now you get into asking. That's true. That's why I keep, you know, I'm seeing some of these comments by, by uh-huh. the listeners on the side here. The law is supposed to be blind and impartial. Yes. Right. And part of that is knowing which law to apply. In, in Trump's case, the law is the Presidential Records Act. That is the controlling law for two reasons. Number one, it's the most recent law. Right. It's more and number two, it's not. most on point as to what is actually happening here. A president leaving office, moving documents. Well, there's a law for that. It I, I turns out there's an app of, for that, right? <laughs> I think a whole lot of this could have been stopped if the director of the FBI had a pair of cojones or if he was unbiased in any way. I think when... when so this all started because the archivist, the National Archivist, which is, you know, librarians, the librarians decided that they wanted stuff that they thought Trump took and they were arguing back and forth with Trump about, you know, hey, give them to me. And he's like, no, or I haven't been through them yet or whatever. Who cares? It doesn't matter. And they went to the DOJ. And the DOJ says, all right, and hands it over to the FBI. And then the FBI raids Mar-a-Lago. Whoever's in charge of the FBI should have been like, wait, we've already got an image problem about being biased. And you want me to raid the home of the former president over a process crime? Over an alleged process crime? The, actually, the actually, I'm not sure that's the way it happened. I'm pretty sure that there was some, some beefs going back between Library of Congress and Trump. And I think they were on the way to handling all that. But I think somebody kind of torqued the archives into, into, uh, into making it a complaint. I don't think they. I don't think they really had much of a beef. They were deciding when they were going to do stuff. They were working on a process for it. Trump wanted to screen the stuff that he wanted to make sure it went out in a certain way, and wanted to make sure that he was able to keep copies of the stuff that he needed, which he's entitled to do. Um, 
and if stuff and stuff that he had was going to remain classified, well, that's no problem. Mar-a-Lago is about about as close to a skiff as you can get, um, and and if it wasn't, they can build him one. All right, it's just not that hard. Um, but it's it again. I, I it goes back to the FBI. If the FBI was the unbiased arbiters of law, like they're supposed to be, then the FBI would have stood up and said, "No, no, exactly. we're, we're not going to do a pre-dawn raid of a former president over." alleged civil process crimes. We're See, the, I FBI. Think, I think the FBI. We and DOJ do wanted that. to do that. I think they want both of them, DOJ and FBI wanted to do that to, from the beginning. And I think they took the archives and made them the useful idiots to make it happen. Yeah, that's, that's very possible. I, but yeah, the, your mileage may vary. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not equal justice. And it hasn't been for a while. Like, you can say the right side, left side. You go back to Obama when when what's her face with the IRS was was specifically targeting Tea Party Lois groups. Lerner. Lois Lerner, right? Lois Lerner specifically target targeting uh, the uh, the Tea Party groups. And then of course Obama saying, "Oh well, we were completely unaware of that." Well, you know what? Doesn't matter. They're an executive branch agency. They're under your umbrella. Now, obviously, the president can't be aware of everything that every employee under the executive branch does because there's like two million of them. But the president can make it clear that biased or partisan persecution in any way will not be tolerated. And obviously, he did not do that. Otherwise. Trump didn't do that. He didn't fire enough people, and Biden wasn't going to do that. He doesn't look at what the DOJ and FBI is doing as a bug. He's looking at it as a feature. Democrats will disobey the law until they get caught. Okay, until you catch them, and then and you make and you make their disobedience of the law personally painful. They'll keep doing it. Right. I I think there's a lot of people like that. But this is a good time for me to remind you that, you know, if you don't trust your government, you probably own guns. And if you own guns, you should get right to bear insurance. Right to bear is uh, is the most affordable carry insurance on the market. And that's not just me saying that. That is uh, tactical Pew Pew Tactical Firearms website. They claim they call right to bear the most affordable carry insurance on the market. It's 11 it starts at eleven dollars a month. And if you use code LIGHTHOUSE when you go to protectwithbear.com, that's code LIGHTHOUSE at protectwithbear.com, then uh, I'll save you 10%. That's like getting a month free. So most affordable carry insurance on the market already, 10% off with code LIGHTHOUSE at protectwithbear.com. Highly recommend it. It's the carry insurance I have, and I was a customer before I became an affiliate. Because I honestly love them and believe in them, and I think everybody should get it. You were uh, eyeballing some chat messages over there. Anything I miss? Uh, nothing super duper exciting. The the one uh, troll there seems to have departed. <laughs> all right. Well, all of you people making the, all the comments in the video chat room, I greatly appreciate the attention. Love seeing the messages there. But it is a little difficult for me to keep up with all of the messages in the video chat while trying to do the video show. 
and keep track of my notes and sound effects and blah, 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 blah. So if you've got something really important that you want to say, we'd love to hear it from your own words in your own voice. You can call 512-248-8252 or 800-313-9443. One of these people over here had brought up Killary. And uh, don't forget, don't forget about her running, Hillary running guns to Benghazi or whatever it was. Um, I I want to bring her up again because again the FBI and Comey, when Comey stood out there and basically you know stands there in front of a podium and lists multiple felonies with exact numbers of classified you know message chains and all this other stuff that were all on her server lists them out and then basically handcuffs the the ag by saying no reasonable prosecutor would bring this case that's not his job that that's not what law enforcement does as a police officer you don't you don't get to gather the evidence and go eh, the attorney the, the district attorney does, doesn't want this and just throw it away that's that's not your job you gather the evidence you turn it over to the da the FBI gathers the evidence and turns it over to the AG. He shouldn't have made that speech at all. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, what he was doing is he was providing cover for the AG. Right. And he may very well have cost her the election, but he kept her out of jail. I don't think he cost her the election. I think, I think all of that was a, bu- a bunch of made up. I think what he attempted to do there... With the timing of all these announcements he made, I think what he was trying to do is there's a term for when you bring something up and then slap it down. And now it's and now you don't get to bring it up again because we've already dealt with that. I forget what the there's a political term for that. But basically, he was going ahead, announcing it and then say, well, it's it's really not anything. And now now we're not allowed to talk about it anymore. And 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 uh, uh, Hillary Clinton, the. uh, the criminal crone from Chappaqua is now wearing that little hat of hers that said, but her emails. Okay. So she's now fundraising off of this. Right. So, so she is basically, you know, she is operating under the, under, under the cover that, that he gave her. That's basically, she's saying, well, I'm innocent and Trump is guilty. Well, that's actually the opposite. Right. She's right. I her of all people to go out there and, and be pushing for somebody to be in jail. I mean, the, the, but her emails thing, I mean, 33,000 emails that were, destroyed devices destroyed so that they couldn't be recovered etc cetera, etc cetera. we all know the story after receiving a subpoena <gasps> you know i'm not a big i'm not a big fan of obstruction of justice charges unless they are tied to a specific crime where they where you are guilty of it then you go ahead and add obstruction on top of it but one of the things that that our system has been doing except the democrats is we, we, we cheat when we don't can't do the police work or won't do the police work or we don't do the good lawyer lawyer and work to get somebody on a real crime. Well, then we get them on obstruction of justice or lying to the police. We did the same thing in the military. Right. Some 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 less than competent JAG officers, not a lot of them, but there was a few out there that they couldn't get the troop on a, on a real crime. So they got them on conduct unbecoming. Well, that's the old right. catch-all. If you can't get them actually robbing the, robbing the NCO club or beating up their, their barracks mate, okay, we'll get you on conduct unbecoming because that's easy to prove. Same thing with obstruction. You know, they, if you look at the vast majority of, of all the, 
the guilty verdicts that it, that went on during the uh, the investigation of Donald Trump and Manafort and all those people. If you look at the vast majority of the counts and charges and all that, it was obstruction and lying to the cops. There was I, I think that I could count on my ha- one hand the actual crimes that somebody got convicted of. Real yeah, crimes. I'm not talking about process crimes, but yeah, real crimes. There weren't many. Hey, Laura in Michigan is on line one. Welcome to the show, Laura. Hi. I just, uh, if memory serves me right, when when Donald Trump first took the all the uh, all the papers down to Mar-a-Lago, I remember he showed them to was either Secret Service or FBI, and he showed them the storage room he was going to keep them in. And they said, "Okay, that's fine. Except we'd like Put to change to a on. different lock." Yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah. The um, What's that I know right there. Who was that, Mike? Uh, do you remember, Mike? Was that was that uh, the FBI that was down there looking around when no, he did was, that? Or? I think it was the folks from the archives. They said, oh. "Okay, this stuff looks like it's a little sensitive. Stick a different lock on there." The archives. I would swear to that one now. I don't want to be accused of lying to my host and you know end up in jail. But I think I, I, I seem to remember it was the folks from the archives. Oh, well, that's right. lovely. Anything else, also, Laura? I'm I'm having a little trouble with getting excited about Flag Day. Right today <laughs> in Fort Myers, Florida, I've got a friend and his daughter. They're both in court for praying hymns in front of a Planned Parenthood and praying and, and singing hymns. We're in the USSA, United Soviet States of America. Right. I I don't disagree. And my point was the. The whole Flag Day thing, if they had if they had continued to teach patriotism and Americanism and Flag Day and things like that in elementary school for the last, I don't know, 30 years, maybe we wouldn't be in the USSA anymore. I learned how to fold the flag in Girl Scouts. We did that every night. We'd fold the flag and, and have taps, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did the same thing in Boy Scouts. And then yeah. in ROTC in high school, and then after I left the Navy, I joined the American Legion, and I was fortunate enough to, to serve on color guards and honor guards and, and buried many of my comrades. And actually had the, had the distinct honor of burying one of the last Tuskegee Airmen. Really? That's pretty I did, yeah. Well, ma'am, let me give you a little something positive to think about. Yesterday was actually a threefer. Not a one-fer, two-fer, but a threefer. And I'll give them to you in reverse order of seniority. Okay. <laughs> number one, it was Donald Trump's birthday. Yeah. Num- I knew that. Number two, number two, it was Flag Day. And of course, number one, it was the Army birthday. So yep. what you know, what's not to love about that? So you could go to bed smiling. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, thanks for thanks. taking my call. Hey, thanks for calling, Laura. I greatly appreciate it. You missed it before you came on the show, Colonel. I went through the timeline there. 1775, June 14, 1775, the, uh, the Continental Congress uh, authorizes the, the, the Army, the Continental Army. June 14, 1777, they describe what the U.S. flag is going to look like. June 14, 1923, 69 civic organizations from across the country get together and come up with the flag code. That Warren G. Harding was was lucky enough to sign into law later. So a hundred years ago yesterday, the U.S. flag code was created. And you know all this good stuff that you could be sharing 
you know, with folks that look at my website and I haven't seen anything from you in months. <laughs> I know, I know. You still want me to write. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't like to write. It's a lot easier to sit down and talk. <laughs> uh, Leprechaun, the United States that was once, or the un- United States that once was America. I, I think it's the American states that once were united would probably be more accurate. That's interesting. <laughs> all right, sir, you've got like a minute to plug your website and tell everybody how to find you and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, we're uh, American Free News Network, AFNN.US, AFNN.US, and we are a citizen-driven website. We don't take any advertisements. All we take is private donations uh, from five bucks to whatever you got, but what, what, the biggest thing that we're looking for is more private citizens, not pundits, to come on and write for us. So if you think you have something to say, go ahead and give us a holler. Uh, you can go on the website and see uh, to, the address of the managing editor at AFNN.us. And if you got something to say and want to publish an article, we'll publish it for you. And I, I, I can vouch for that. I, he's actually published a couple of my articles, and my articles aren't that great. I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a writer. He's I'm actually a very good writer. He just he just doesn't want to cough up the goods here. All right, if you say so. I, you know, <laughs> I did write two books. You can go to my website, liberty-lighthouse.com. You want to judge whether or not I'm a good writer or not. Uh, you can get so simple, even a politician can understand. That's my latest one. It's still two years old. I, uh, I can't believe it's two years old already. But this is a collection of about a dozen or so ideas that I've had while hosting this show. And uh, simple ideas that would go a long way fixing some really complex problems in our country. But it is the end of the first hour of the show. Coming back on the other side of this commercial break in three minutes, we got Corey Haig, the founder and editor of uh, Liberty Uncensored. Be back in three minutes, my friends. Nobel Prize nominated for his COVID-19 treatment protocols, the late Dr. Zelenko created Z-Stack to help boost your immune system. And when you order Z-Stack, you're not only boosting your immune system, you're also supporting Freedom Fighters Foundation. So boost your immune system by going to ZStackLife.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE. Be healthier. Support the Freedom Fighters Foundation. Use the code LIGHTHOUSE at ZStackLife.com. The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear 
We're on our way down We must eat America back Main Street to Wall Street Cities and states Top of the second hour Washington, Washington, Live on Broadcasting Network Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo Bible Radio Patriot Nation Radio Network Anywhere else you find the program I'm Peter Seraphine, your Thursday host here on the show We're uh, starting hour two So we got an hour left and uh, I, I want a couple of things that have been said in the little chat room. One of the the chatters pointed out that the U.S. Army is older than the country itself, and I would like to tell you, so is the Navy and the Marine Corps. They are they were both formed, or all three formed in 1775. The Army was the first in uh, in June. I believe the Marine Corps and Navy both formed in August, if I if memory serves me correctly. Um, there's a little argument going on between some people in the video live stream about Trump's war crimes. And I, I asked what war crimes he, he was the first president in a really long time to not get us involved in any other wars. And they point out the airstrikes, uh, in 2019. Okay. And, but that was a war that was already going on. I'm not sure that's a war crime. I mean, yes, civilians died, but civilians die in war. I don't think he was targeting civilians, which would be a war crime. Um, I don't know. I, I, Trump was the most anti-war president we've had in a, in a really long time. I mean, Obama was was Mr. Drone King, um, Drone and everybody and their brother. And my personal opinion of it is none of these are wars. None of these should be happening. The only way a war happens is through a declaration of war via Congress. So personally, I think any president who does anything... Uh, militarily without the approval of Congress, that's pretty much a war crime to me. So sort of kind of agree with you. Um, This is a live call-in show, so if you want to get those comments and questions and get your voice on the air worldwide through uh, the KU satellite radio band and through multiple Internet platforms and radio stations, feel free to call in 512-248-8252. Toll-free, 800-313-9443. I had promised you we'd be starting the second hour with Corey Haig from the Liberty Uncensored newspaper, and he has not yet joined us. And uh, I didn't think to check my email. Maybe he canceled on me, and I didn't notice. Let me do that real quick. Talk amongst yourselves. Do, 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 do. Nope, nothing from him. So, I don't know. Maybe he's just running late. Maybe he'll be here in a minute. Maybe I did something wrong. Who knows? So, We've talked about uh, Trump versus Hillary and and uh, the, the so-called process crimes and the bias of the Justice Department and the FBI. Started out talking about Flag Day. I, let's, I'm a constitutionalist, so the things that get under my skin are things that clearly violate the U.S. Constitution. And right now, um, there are Democrats pushing for, for bills to become law to regulate the Supreme Court. And, and I think that is a clear violation of the, uh, the separation of powers, that Congress has the, the authority to like set up the courts, establish new courts. They don't have the authority to regulate the courts. And I think that's pretty clear in the Constitution. And by trying to push this, um, yeah, I, it's, it's, I just don't like it. I, you know, big government is bad. 
big government is always bad, no matter what form of big government it is. And having a big government that is clearly trying to control one of the checks against big government, that should be a big red flag to all of us. <laughs> and key line platypus, so it's only war crime if you start the war. No, it's not only war crime if you start the war, but I think starting a war is probably the biggest and worst of the possible war crimes. It's kind of what I was getting at there. Um, yeah. All right. Squirrel, you know, catch my eye, change my thoughts. I can stop looking at the chat while I'm doing this because then I get sidetracked and it makes for really lousy radio when I am uh, stumbling over my words in big long pauses because I'm trying to read chat messages. But, you know, that's where the stuff is. Um, I talked a lot last week about uh, the, the, uh, the, the difference between debt and deficit and, and how McCarthy and Biden and you know, their negotiation for this whole debt ceiling increase. I personally think the debt ceiling increase is bad regardless of whatever agreements were made. The debt ceiling shouldn't have been raised at all because our country continues to run a deficit every year, so the debt, is, the debt is going to keep going up every year as long as we keep running a deficit every year. I do think it's funny how both sides are claiming victory over this debt ceiling increase. So Biden had said from, from the beginning that he was not going to negotiate about the debt ceiling, that he wanted a clean bill that only raised the debt ceiling and did nothing else. And he refused to talk with the uh, Speaker of the House for, I don't know, like two or three months. And then he had to talk. And they had to talk, and they negotiated, and they negotiated, and they negotiated, but not really President Biden. He wasn't there. His advisors, his lackeys, his whatever, were in the room, and the negotiations went on. So the conservatives on the far right are saying that McCarthy sold out and didn't get anywhere near enough. And the Democrats, especially those on the far left, are saying that Biden basically owned McCarthy in the process. And truth be told, I think it falls somewhere in the middle, because that's what compromise is. That um, Biden was forced to negotiate, even though he said he wouldn't. And McCarthy was forced to give up some of his demands. And we, the people, are the ones that got screwed. We got screwed because they're going to continue to spend a trillion or more dollars a year, more than they bring in in revenue. We're going to continue to raise the national debt year after year after year. So once again, those, of, those that we, the people, those that we elected to office, those that are supposedly there to represent us, didn't represent us. They represented their own special interest. They represented their own pocketbooks. They represented big government. The Uniparty is what the Uniparty is because, okay, they quibble around the edges over some things, but um, $31.9 trillion in national debt, as we sit here speaking right now, works out to be $248,000 per taxpayer. That's crazy. And that's not even the total debt. Because as long as they keep playing this game of you know, untouchable stuff, as long as they keep saying, um, 
you know, we've, we've got this mandatory spending, these things that you're not allowed to touch. There's no way to possibly get even close to a balanced budget. There's no way we can ever make this debt clock roll backwards as long as these things keep going. What's really funny is the we keep spending and we're building you know this 39, $31.9 trillion national debt, and the, the interest on that debt alone is now $602 billion a year. $602 billion a year just to pay the interest on the debt. It's the fastest growing, grow, fastest growing line item on our national, our, our books every year. Fastest growing line item in the budget, and as long as interest rates stay at, you know, what are they, five and a quarter or whatever, five and a half percent, that's going to continue to grow. But they're going to quibble, negotiate, for a debt ceiling increase. Same. Am I the only one that sees that entire process as stupid and anti-American and like, you know, screwing us, the people over, screwing over the taxpayers? It's common sense, right? If, if you're in your house and you have, you know, expenses that are 120% of your income year after year after year, you don't keep buying Picassos and remodeling and giving to charity. And that's what we're doing. The debt, I'm sorry, the, um, the debt to GDP ratio, which is basically the debt to income ratio, is 120%. In 1980, it was 34%. In 2000, it was 57%. At 50%, you should start to con- be concerned. At 50% in your house, just in your house for a second, let's say that you make $100,000 a year and you have $50,000 in debt. That should start to be concerning. And this is unsecured debt. This isn't like your mortgage. Yeah, your mortgage is debt, but you can always get out of that by selling your house. This is like $50,000 worth of credit cards. You make $100,000 a year, and you got $50,000 worth of credit cards. But now look at it. What it is today is $120,000 in credit cards. You make $100,000 a year, and you have $120,000 worth of credit card bills. And you pay, was it $60,000 a year in interest, or $6,000 a year in interest? You take this 30-whatever trillion dollars, you put it down into numbers that make sense to the average person, and the average person usually goes, oh, that isn't good. But our government doesn't ever do that anymore. They never look at it in terms of the average person. What is this continued out-of-control spending going to do to you and I, the taxpayer? They don't care. That's not their purpose. That's not their goal. They are there to further their party. They are there to further their lobbyists and their donors they're not there to represent you and i anymore we need to fix that patrick in texas on line one welcome to the show patrick yeah uh, thank you um, um 
He is a, this is a federal judge, Dale, in the Great American Adventure, page 97. These corporate laws and regulations are called statutes in their effect on control of human beings. It is simply obtained by consent through civil contracts. Every time you get a license or apply for or, or, or some type of a, uh, 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 permit, you, know, you are you're contracting with our people. Uh, and that's how they get you in their in their in their system, and that's where uh, you know the um, uh, this is a the, the Babylonian Talmud. This is a uniform commercial code known as the Law of Merchants, which is six thousand years old, was derived from the ancient Babylon. is now private international law, uniform commercial code. Human rights do not exist in fictions, and that's what they're doing. They this is uh this is uh, uh like the no high laws. This is the uh, uh, this is the uh, UCC uh, that they've implemented. And uh, like Jerry, uh, Judge Dale said, uh, the Civil War was to uh, turn America into a corporation. And that's where, you know, like uh, you know, Roger Sales was always talking about, you know, you change your status. You know, cause I, uh, well, it's, you know, the whole thing's a bunch of fraud to begin with, but that's what they've done. Uh, and, that, and why they've done it is because if it gets you under these uh, illegal fictions, and then, and then all these, like, just, like I said, these, these uh, corporate laws and regulations are called statutes and their effect on control of human beings is acceptably retained by consent through civil contracts. They're getting you under a uniform commercial code, and you don't know how to deal with it because you're only used to, like, you know, if you, is there a victim around here? You know, I want to I wanna face the person who would keep my accuser. You know, all the, you're the, uh, the prosecuting attorney. Did I hurt you? No, I did not. You know, and uh, there's no there's no physical damage. Right. But that's how they so get. What do we you. do about it, Patrick? What's that? What's, so what do we do about it? How do we get out from under this? I mean, I, I agree with you that all of these these uh, the statutes and regulations that don't come through legislative bodies, all these regulatory right. agencies, they're all right. unlawful. Your driver's license, your registering your car, your permit for your house, all of that stuff. Yeah. What so do we do the, about? Uh, it was uh, FDR. He uh, he fortified the act. You know, he we had always under corporate law with Lincoln. He was deliberately it was when they did it. After the 1971 year, the uh, the uh, corporate bylaws, you know, masquerading as the Constitution. But uh, FDR, he created the American Administrative Administrative Authorization Act with a, and then he had no authority to do that. But they just right. do it. You know, they just they just right. do it. And, right. And, uh, and then know, the court started and, challenging them and. And the Supreme Court struck down most of the alphabet agencies that FDR created. What did he do? He threatened the court. He threatened to expand the court until the court said, all right. And then they got a little better, or a little you know, more progressive, and they started allowing some of his stuff to stand. Right. Um, he threatened the court. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's, just, but that's uh, the world you know, we live in today. What do we do about yeah, it now? Yeah, Michael Gaddy, he addressed that, you know, it was like in the, in the January 6th or you know, one lady had all of her paperwork all in order, and the, and the judge told her, told her, he says, uh, you know, uh, you know, you could take it up on appeal. Right now, we're going to have a trial. They just run right over you, you know, and, uh, and until we, you know, uh, have a strong enough uh, army of lawyers, like that's what the that's what the lawyers are. They're the army of the banksters, you know. And until we have a strong enough force, it's just, it's just lawfare. Because look what they done to Trump. You know, they come after him. You know, uh, with uh, uh, you know, this uh, law uh, lawfare with the uh, 
Anthony Powell explained it, you know, how they how they done that. You know, they are they uh, they are uh, they just uh, you know they can get anybody with anything, especially if you're in the government. If you're in the government, they they've already got you halfway. Because you are uh, you're part of their uh, the federal government, and now you're you you are uh, you are under their laws. And uh, so they they got one one leg up on you right there, and that's why when they got those people on January sixth, they got them into their jurisdiction up there, you know, and that, that's where they, the, anybody learn that that, uh, that you go up there, you are under an international jurisdiction, and uh, they have their actually have their own constitution and everything, and yeah, that's a uh, he had no idea what they were doing there, but uh, you know they they just override and Michael Gay said he just walked right over. It. And uh, right now, I you know Michael Gay is kind of like a, he's at a, a loss for words. He doesn't have a solution. I don't have a solution. All I can tell people is like, this is not good. It's not good. You know, they're, 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 they, you know they're, it's a gulag. You know, and that's all I got to say. And uh, right. uh, I'll let you go with that. Right. Well, thanks for your call, Patrick. Thank you. If anybody has a solution to that, I'd love to hear it. I mean, clearly, it is lawfare all around us. There are. What's the the book? Seven a day or something like that. Like the average American citizen commits seven felonies a day because there's so many freaking laws that none of us even know what we're doing anymore. And you know, like, how do we end it? How do we get rid of that? How do we make it so that we can live our lives without having our federal government down our throats every day in every aspect of our lives? I don't know the answer. I don't know of a quick answer anyway. I know an answer that'll take generations. I mean, it took generations for us to get to the mess we're in now. I think it's going to take generations to get out. But first, let me tell you about Romica Designs. Romica Designs, your place to go for uh, custom laser engraved, laser created merchandise. It's R-O-M-I-K-A designs.com. Romica Designs, a great place to get your, your sweetheart, your loved one, whatever it is that you want with a custom message on it, get your logo put on anything. They're great at custom designs. It's RomicaDesigns.com, R-O-M-I-K-A, designs.com. And use code Lighthouse when you're there. I greatly appreciate that. And it'll save you a couple of dollars, too. Pat in Fort Worth, online three. Welcome to the show, Pat. Hi, Peter. Um, one thing that uh, Lynn pointed out uh, uh today, I think, was that we can call Washington and talk to our reps and our senators' uh, offices and tell them our opinion. Because I remember uh, one time when uh, this guy in California, got his name a second, uh, he wanted to uh, make vitamins uh, prescription. <laughs> he got some, there were so many calls, he voted against it himself, his own bill. <laughs> yeah. It works. And, and uh, a letter uh, is worth one of my friends who used to be in the Florida uh, house uh, down there. Uh, he went to our church, and he was he became our uh, superintendent of schools in that county. And I asked him, I said, what impressed you when you were in, in Tallahassee? He said, a handwritten letter, because uh, at that time I was a little dog. He said, uh, I, I knew that if somebody wrote a handwritten letter, uh, there was probably at least 100 people who thought the same thing, but who would do it. So I think it's probably up to 1,000 now. 
people can't even make. Uh, well, it's good to know. I mean, the phone number to the House of Representatives in Washington, D.C. is 202-224-3121. You can call yeah. that number, 202-224-3121, and, and, and they'll look up your, your individual, your House of Representative representative, and uh, you can leave them a message that way. Or, of course, you can also get their mailing address and mail them that handwritten letter. And you can also talk to other representatives. You don't, you're not restricted to only talking to yours. They're kind, they used to be kind of tooky about that. Uh, you know, they don't. <laughs> if you knew the actual number, which is easy to find out, go to their website and get it and call right. that new that right. one that's not yours and say, yeah, okay. yeah, it's, it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier if you can get their direct number. I, you know, yeah. there are 535 members of Congress, and I can't have 535 phone numbers on uh, on my screen or or I can't list them all out over the air. So I just give out the switchboard on air. But twice I saw the switchboard in Washington shut down because there were so many callers. Yeah, it happens when, when stuff, it, it does happen. When, when something big happens and people want to call in, it, it, it can get backed up and you'll have to uh, call back, you know, the following day or something like that. And what I wanted to say before uh, you asked that question was that we owe Trump one thing <clears throat> And that is that he has made the unique American flag prominent again. When old Biden uh, was uh, debating or whatever, he just kept wearing black and white all the time. Sometimes they have a black, uh, black and white flag with a blue stripe through the middle, which means yeah. that you support the police. But other than that, there's no reason for a black and white flag. In fact, yeah. Russia's got red, white, and blue. Yeah, you go back to... You- Go back to the look at the 15 rules of the U.S. flag code. The U.S. flag is never supposed to be anything other than the red, white, and blue of its design. You're never supposed to change it. You're never supposed to wear it on your clothing. You're never supposed to do a lot of the things that we've come to accept today. I mean, I'm I'm not offended when somebody has – I mean, I I own a pair of shorts that's got American flags on them, and and I get compliments on them all the time, even though it's against the flag code. No, they don't get mad at that, just the burning of it, you know, but – if you can, you can burn it. You definitely ought to fly it, right? And, uh, and they put yeah. that uh, May flag in between uh, our flags, the state of the American flag. That was so wrong. Well, that, yeah, burning the flag is is the quickest way to get on my bad side. Pat, I'm going to have to let you go. Coming up okay, to a then. break here in just a second. Thank you very much for your call, Pat. Uh, Peter, Sheldon, and JR, please hold on the line. I will get back and get to you on the other side of this commercial break. The next time you're looking for audio equipment, I want you to think M-A-O-N-O. That's right, Mayono.com is quality audio equipment at affordable prices. The Mayono Caster that I use for all of my broadcasting is one-third of the price of the more famous alternative on the market. Microphones, stands, cables, headphones, audio interface equipment, all at mayono.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE. That's the code LIGHTHOUSE at M-A-O-N-O.com. Thinking about it lately, been watching some TV. Been looking all around me and what has come to be. Yeah. Been talking to my neighbor. Been all around me wondering what's come to be. That's the name of the game. Welcome back to the show. I'm Peter Serapin, your Thursday host. 
And this is the final segment of tonight's show. Let's go back to the phones. We got Peter in Halifax up there in the Great White North. Welcome to the show, Peter. Hey, fellow rock. How are you? Fabulous. How are you? Uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely disgustingly horrible. I live in Canada. I'm surprised <laughs> you guys don't. I'm surprised you guys don't look up here more often. It blows me away. <laughs> this is where so much evil descends upon you. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in like, like I, 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 I should be phoning you guys, give you a half an hour every night about Canada and 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 its uh, and its roots. Like, remember all, all the. All the true scum from the British Empire, when when they lost America, they came here to Halifax, and it hasn't changed. We've got so much child trafficking here. We've got so much Masonic, uh, just everywhere, everywhere. Well, it, it, it's the, you don't it, have to it, look it, for conspiracies. You don't have to look any further than your prime minister. No, or, no, no, don't, 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 he's just a puppet. Don't even think about him. He's nothing. He's, okay. he's, 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 he's got the proper bloodline. He's, a, he's got a chunk of the Rothschild. He's got a chunk of Stalin. He's got a chunk of Castro. Like, like even Trudeau. Nobody gets into power in Canada unless they're of the bloodline. Right. And don't think that the guys that you see getting elected are the ones that are running the show. This is the British Empire. This is the city of London. You got to remember, this is the closest port to the pit of evil. Look <laughs> at a map. Look at a map. Look at the huge size, twice the size of America. Yep. Second largest country in the world. Come up here. It's a third world shithole. Right, Where do you, right. Sorry about the language. Please forgive me. What's your population? Where do you think the like money from for London to, to destroy your country comes from? Yeah. It comes from Canada. We don't get it. Now, as far as these fires that are going on, I live here. Let me tell you something. I watched them, I watched them fly the bloody plane over that dropped a huge smoke bomb right outside city limits. Oh, oh. Smoke, wait, hold on. Wait, the smoke, wait. Okay, go ahead. Did, did you see the satellite imagery regarding the, the beginning of the fires? Don't believe anything you see. I'm I saw, telling you what, what I am here. Like, I right? know, but I saw so, a satellite so any, image of of multiple, like, you know, here it is, you know, just a big satellite image of forest, and then a whole bunch, like, I don't know, a dozen or small more. Small fires, yeah. Small fires all start yeah, almost yeah, they, simultaneously. It. But if you let me explain why and what they're doing, the reason they're starting these fires is, and fortunately God intervened, just as... Co coincidentally, he uh, intervened in Syria. Do you can you imagine how many NATO mercenaries, uh, jihadis, Syrian jihadis, uh, uh, mercenaries from all over the world, and IDF and CIA were crushed in that uh, earthquake in southern Turkey? Because that's where they were all hanging out, waiting to take over Damascus. Because for these people, it's all about Damascus. Now, what's happening in Canada is that they were going to start these fires so that they could put us, uh, so they could uh, evacuate us. And once they have us evacuated, they, they either get the chip in or they get the biometrics. They get all of our information down, and, and then they depopulate the, the rural, very, very valuable countryside 
that everybody wants because it's Nova Scotia, and that stick us in uh, in in Halifax, the only large city. But once again, God intervened because they were telling you that there were massive forest fires in Nova Scotia. It this is after it had been raining, pouring rain for four days straight. I made my living in the bush. You don't, fires don't burn for four days straight underneath pouring rain in, 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 in Canadian boreal forests. This was going to be the biggest scam that's ever been perpetrated because Canada is the test bed for everything. We're North America, but we're a puppet. So what works on us is going to work on you. Your enemy is not mm-hmm. uh, that little chunk of, of that little sand pit on the wrong side of the Mediterranean. The, the reason that Jerusalem is such a such a big attraction for them because they want to rebuild Solomon's Temple. It's it's crazy masons. They're nuts. They've been interbreeding for 400 years, and it's gone to their heads. And once again, Canada has the wealth and the vantage point. And if you, and if I'll prove my point by just see how many of the uh, movers and shakers from the from the CFR to the study of war and all the rest of these think tanks find out how many of them came from McGill and other. Montreal-based universities, lots and lots. They feed them to you guys like, like, like there's a, a railroad, underground railroad, feeding you full of these left-wing Bolshevik. Oh yeah, we're full of Ukrainians. Well, They're all Bolsheviks. Well, you can, you can watch Canadian policy, the what we here in America call you know like crazy liberal leftist progressive policies. You mean Democrat and, policies, and, and then watch them come across the the, the border to That's the. What I'm to saying the it's, it's, it's the city of London years. that's your enemy. Yeah, it it, it and, happens and all the time. The city of London. Right. This is an annex to the city of London, and so yeah. a lot of your grief, most of, a lot of your grief, comes from here because oh, yeah. you can spot a Mexican a mile away, but a Canadian is is like a, a one of our uh, chosen buddies. Hey, you, in. Canada should be a, should be the uh, canary in the coal mine to the United States. Peter, Canada like should to... be Canada should be United States. We're done. Yeah, I like that Trump gets in. I, I like that even better. I gotta let yeah. go, but if you're serious, if you want to call back and tell me about what yep. you know, the latest crazy leftist policy that, that that they're pushing up there in Canada once a week, I'd love to have you come on. Um, and, like call in every Thursday and tell me what's going on in Canada. Sheldon in Washington, line five. Welcome to the show, Sheldon. Yeah, well, we're really lucky here. You uh, you had a gentleman a while ago. You kept asking him, what can we do about it? And uh, in this country, what we can do individually is we still have a loophole. We can still change our status and uh, extricate ourselves from the system. And once that's done successfully and you study the material and you understand the biggest of pictures... Then you can go out and you need to get active. Put ads in the paper, go to your school board meetings, talk to people. Uh, I'm all about, I love talk radio, 
But like you just said, talking doesn't really accomplish much. You need to put some activity behind it. Yeah, that's true. So I'm done, man. Have a good time. And uh, up here in Washington, we're getting plenty of Canadian smoke, too. Uh, just really? hang my meat out there on the clothesline, and it's good to go. Hey, uh, I, I can use a couple of rings of kibasi while you're at it, all right? What? I said, I can use a couple of rings of kibasi if you're smoking meats. Oh, now I'm, I'm doing a m- much thinner stuff than that, something that's more palatable. Oh, okay. However, well, we... however yeah, it, would fit, it would fit in an envelope a lot easier. Take care. <laughs> Sheldon, thank you very much for your call. I've got a half-brother named Sheldon, but he's in Virginia, not Washington. That wasn't him. And let's see here. we got Jr. in Georgia on line nine. Welcome to the show, Jr. Yes, and thanks for having me tonight, Peter. Uh, <clears throat> what we all got to come to grips with is this country's already done. There is no longer saving it. There is nothing to be done to save this country. It's broken. It has a cancer a stage four cancer. You spoke earlier about it will take generations to repair it. You're exactly correct. But we don't have generations to wait to save this country. There was a man called John Stapmiller. used to be on this radio some years ago. He was the founder of this radio network. Yes, sir, he was. He used to make a statement. Who are you going to shoot first? Who the hell are you going to shoot first? I am sick and tired of hearing the alternative right-wing media, the Glenn Becks, the Don Bonginos, the Charlie Kirks, the Steve Daises, and a number of others. Stand up. Stand up. I'm a common man. You know what I do every day? I go to work. Yeah, me too. That's where I stand up. I don't have time to be what marching in the streets. Not to say I wouldn't, but there's not a process that allows me to demonstrate in the streets. This country has been overtaken. Wait, hold on. What do you mean there's not a process that that allows you to demonstrate? You can go out on a street corner and hold a sign. Anybody can do that. I'm going to be somewhat nice here. I see people on the side of the interstates, on these exit and entrance ramps. Give me food. Give me food. What sign am I going to carry on interstate entrance exit ramp that's going to make a profound difference, brother? I'm not trying to intimidate you. I don't know. How about a sign that says, says, uh, equality is American, equity is communism. Learn the difference. Short, simple, makes people think for a second. And tell me, based on the voting records of this country, how many people on those ramps are actually going to pay attention to that one sign that I am carrying? Based on uh, their voting uh, record now. Wait, wait, the, the, there's, the, there's the rub. Your one sign might inspire somebody else to hold the sign. Your one sign might not change the vote of a single person, but it might get five other people to hold signs. And maybe those five other people can change votes. I do this radio show because this is the most effective way, I think, that I can get out and reach as many people as I can. I, I, I've tried to do the math. I figure about 2,000 people a, a, a night 
are listening to me when I'm live, and then maybe another thousand or so after that in downloads and stuff like that. I get a lot more people hearing my message on this radio show than when I go outside holding a sign. But I've also spent my own money and bought thousands of copies of the Pocket Constitution and handed them out myself at events in my town. I go out. I went and filled a job, an empty, vacant, elected job in my town. I got myself appointed to fill one of those jobs because it was an important job that I didn't want to be vacant. There's things that we can all do. And if you, well, I can't, I can't be this or that, I can't do Election day workers. Our country is short. Every election day, thousands of poll workers. It's this, one, while it's you're addressing one issue, I would like to address as well. This fraudulent voting system that we have in place, it was just exposed in a report that was put out yesterday of how bad the Dominion voting machines are here in the state of Georgia. You know how many outlets, media outlets, local media outlets here in the state of Georgia have posted that particular report? I'm going to guess Not a small number, yeah. Not but, my, but going back to my, my point before you change the subject, there's stuff that we can all do. Those election day jobs, those poll worker jobs, those are two days a year. Anybody can give up two days a year. If Not it, here in the state of Georgia. We got three weeks of early voting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on, brother. Do Good the point. math. Good point. You people, you you and your early voting states. I don't know how they do it. I mean, I'm, it can't be the same people there every day for three weeks. They can't expect a, somebody that with a real job to do that for every day for three weeks. But there's I mean, stuff that we can all do. I might. Like I said, it's going to take generations to make meaningful change to our country. It's going to take, it's a big ship, and it takes a long time to turn. But if we give up, it's not going to turn. We have to try. But the point I'm trying to make is we don't have that time. So what do you do? We have been put in front of a nuclear weapon. You don't have... 40 years. So what do you, you just do? just don't have it. What did I tell you just before what John Stadamello said? I'm afraid okay. and I'm bitter and I'm sad that I have to go to that particular level of thought process. Well, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I understand that, you know, I, I had no desire to ever own an AR, but I have one because I believe that could be a possibility. I've got, let's just say, lots of ammo and several weapons. I'm ready for that contingency should it come. I've got body armor. I've got all the stuff. I don't want that contingency yet. I want to fight other ways. I want to fight through this radio channel. I want to fight by getting you to go stand on a street corner with a sign. I want to fight by getting somebody out there listening to the sound of my voice to open their eyes and go, hmm, maybe Biden isn't the best president of all time. But that, that is one of the issues we face is that the people that we're trying to reach out to are not listeners of this particular station of, uh, of other alternate media outlets. They are listening to the corporate pharma-sponsored media. Well, I happen to know of at least a couple of people on the other side of the political aisle that listen to me because they talk to me about the show afterwards. So there are people out there that listen to it. 
maybe they listen just because they want to nitpick. They want to call me a racist, but they're listening. So we gotta we gotta convince them somehow. You're not gonna get them all. We don't have to get them all. We just have to get enough to regain control of our government. Because nobody has control of our government now. Nobody amongst we the people. The Democrats, you know, the by and large Democrat walking the street doesn't control our government anymore. It's the elites in the political parties. It's the the uniparty leadership is controlling our government or the Rothschilds or whoever. It's it's not we the people. And I do not disagree with your statement at all. So we've got to wake up enough of we the people to change that and be ready for the other alternative. Well, you know, well, you know my liberty minute. My, my little Liberty Minute that I do, right? I'm, I'm sure you've heard those on the network, right? The little Liberty Minutes I do, like a little 60-second news headline review thing. Yes, sir. I end, yes, I end sir. every one of those with the phrase, Sivis Pashem Parabellum, which goes all the way back to Publius. Not our founding father's Publius, but, but Roman general Publius. Sivis Pashem Parabellum means, if you want peace, prepare for war. That's where we are. That's no truer statement ever made. That's where we are. I don't want to shoot anybody, but I've got guns and ammo if I have to. I'm prepared. Well, Peter, thank you so much for your time this evening. God bless you. And I'm sure you've got another call or two left here with the 15 minutes you got left. Well, thank you very much for your call, JR. And uh, I hope to see you out there on the street with a sign. Yes, sir. Have a good night. And actually, JR is the last person on the hold. So if you got something that you'd like to say, feel free to call in 512-248-8252, toll free at 800-313-9443. So one of the things that popped up, I want to say, well, all right, uh, came up about an hour ago, like during the show, Speaker McCarthy has shelved the uh, resolution to censor Adam Schiff, which, I don't know, without reading the article, I think, is it just playing politics? Because Adam Schiff, like, clearly lied over and over and over again, probably should be censured. But, you know, there's a lot of politics that goes on. Maybe he's getting something for doing that. But something I really haven't seen a whole lot about that I want to know, where's all the money that's supposedly being sent to Ukraine going? I, there's a couple of Republicans that are trying to get better controls over the money. But we've sent, what, what are we up to, like $170 billion of United States taxpayer dollars to fight somebody else's civil war. And if you think, oh, $170 billion isn't all that much, remember that every billion dollars our government spends is about $8 per taxpayer. So that $170-ish billion cost you, a taxpayer, $1,360. $1,360 for every taxpayer in the country. And we've got no accountability as to where that money's going. And it seems every time you turn around, Resident Biden is announcing another, hey, well, we're going to send another $30 billion or another $10 billion, another 
eight billion, another couple of tanks or a couple of missiles or a couple of this. And supposedly the Ukrainian counteroffensive is underway. We're not seeing that in the news either. So all of our money, no accounting of it, and no accounting of whether or not it's being successful. You listen to one side, Russia's winning. You listen to the other side, Ukraine's winning. You, you know, I'm just, honestly, I don't care. It's a civil war. Ukraine has been Russian territory and then independent and then Russian territory and then independent so many times throughout the last couple thousand years. It's ridiculous. It's, it's a, it's a thousand year long civil war. The United States should not be involved in it at all, in my personal opinion. But for those that say that, well, no, they're independent. We need to fight for their independence. Then if that's the case, then we should have been all in from the get go. This, oh, well, we're going to, we, the United States is going to stay there for as long as it takes is a bunch of BS. That's code for we're going to suck as much money out of taxpayers as possible to feed the military industrial complex and line our own pockets. That's not helping the Ukrainian people or the Russian people. The, the longer it drags on, the more people that die. So this half-hearted, light-handed approach to support is literally killing people. I want to ask you, ask you for, for support for me. I want you to go to my website, liberty-lighthouse.com. And at liberty-lighthouse.com, you can read the few articles that I write every once in a great while. You can listen to this show and, uh, and the Liberty Minute in podcast form. I'd appreciate it if you subscribe and download it every week. Hit the like and follow and rates and reviews and all those things help. I greatly appreciate those. And you can also hit the donate button if you, you know, happen to have money lying around that you can afford to give up. And a, uh, buy something. Go to the shop. I got some pretty cool t-shirts and bumper stickers and whiskey glasses and some, some fun stuff. And some of, some of the more popular, uh, the most popular bumper sticker says working like crazy to support the lazy, for an example. So go to liberty-lighthouse.com, go to the shop, and uh, see what you might want to buy. Pat in Fort Worth coming back. Go for it, Pat. Hi, I have a better idea than standing there with the three light aside. If there's very much okay. traffic, they're not going to have a chance to read it. You need several people there, and, and, and you gauge the speed they're going at. And these people stand. We used to have what they call the Burma shave signs. You know, they have yeah. one word, one word down there. You know, and uh, one person with uh, a sign that said one uh, word uh, uh, or sentence, uh, one word. They can't read the whole sentence, and just keep on going. You don't want a Rex <laughs> trying to read your sign, and. Uh, I uh, and if you want to get people out to vote, you got to see that something is on there that's going to uh, touch their pocketbook. I've, yeah. I've seen mine too. In fact, uh, over there in uh, in uh, uh, Florida, uh, when I knew that there was something on there about their pocketbook, uh, and they did too, I knew it's going to be a lot of people coming. So on the way to the polls, I put up the Burma shave signs all the way down. Well, you know, a little one-word uh, size. Um, nobody wanted to get out and throw away unless it was about abortion. They would probably cause a wreck to do that. <laughs> but, 
but anyway, uh, they had so many people there that she had to, she had to divide the alphabet into two letters, and she had long lines at, at each letter. So it's just hints on that people that uh, really want to get out there and get something done. I, I, I did Burmese signs for a yard sale once. I, I put signs, you know, uh, one-word signs every yeah, half there you go. or something like that. And it said, uh, we've got the stuff you need. Turn here, yeah. and and it was, and I I actually had people that pulled in just because of those signs and said, you know, I don't like yard sales, but that was cute. I I came in, so yeah. I, I've seen people hang over the freeway with signs, you know, and uh, I thought, well, I don't want to cause a wreck that way by them looking up. And then if somebody kid comes along, he decides he wants to come out and throw a rock down. They'd probably blame you, right. <laughs> Just been there, done that, seen that, so I thought I'd, I'd say that. Uh, for I Thanks, Pat. Okay, thank you. Bye. I think the point is that we can all do something, and uh, I think it's starting to work. I'm, I'm looking at an article right now on, uh, what is this, the Epic Times. It's The headline is, Conservative Views Among Americans Are at a Decade High, a poll finds. A growing number of Americans identify as very conservative or conservative on social and economic issues, according to the latest Gallup Values and Benefits or Values and Beliefs Survey. So, um, the survey was conducted just last month, from May first to May twenty fourth, and it came back with the uh, the highest number of people identifying as conservative that we've had in at least a decade. So I think we're making progress. we got to keep going. Everybody can do something. Find, Figure out what it is that you can do. And thank you for listening. If you're listening live on Republic Broadcasting Network, stay tuned for Edge of Darkness with Jeffrey Bennett. Thanks to our guests for joining us this evening. Thanks to Mike, my producer, couldn't do the show without you. And thank you most of all, you, the listeners, callers, and viewers, for why we do this show. Until next week, protect your liberties once they're gone there's no getting them back god bless america we must take america back we must take america back mike lindell did it again with MyStore.com. MyStore.com is where you can go to find American-made products from American companies started by American entrepreneurs. Use the code LIGHTHOUSE at MyStore.com to support Mike Lindell, American entrepreneurs, and this program. That code again is LIGHTHOUSE at MyStore.com.